0: Uh, welcome. We are back. It is the first episode of the new year. Uh,
1: yay.
0: Yay. So we're 2023. actually. 2023.
1: We're recording it's this uh,
0: at the end of 2022. So if you are listening to this, congrats. We've survived. Uh, mm-hmm. And hope- we'll see. hopefully, the year is. This year is better than <laughs> last
1: year. How many times has every. We've been saying that for like the, pa- for the past three years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well. Yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's how everything's going. Let's just get into it. Um, I'm Ramey. That's Robbie. And this is I Would Never Know a podcast. you notice me fully forgetting our podcast name for a minute i love that i love that for you yeah.
0: but it's it's good yeah. because you get this like uh i'm <laughs> like even if we're like energetically talking about something you always go into the uh i'm mm. all right so today we figured since it's the new year we should talk about something super uplifting super positive <laughs> um you know what are we talking about Ramy?
1: we're talking about the layoffs <laughs> Uh Uh-huh. Specifically, um, we're talking about an article we read about the layoffs. So not just broadly, but we figured we should address it in some way.
0: So we'll link the article um, in the show notes, but this article comes from Futurity.org. It was written by Melissa DeWitt Stanford. And... It was uh, based on an interview with Jeffrey Fe- Pfeffer who you know, basically believes that the layoffs that are happening in the tech industry are based on copycat behavior. And this is something that I've been hearing a lot of, Ramey's been hearing a lot of, I think, um, people who are in the industry who are going through layoffs. They're hearing a lot about um, it's not just us so-and-so, this other company is laying people off, this other company is putting people off, and so we're just, you know, the next one. But that kind of leads to this, like, okay, but why is it so widespread? And so... um, So,
1: yeah, let me just pause you there. So I just want to also say that um, Jeffrey Pfeiffer is um, a professor at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. So that is why he's being interviewed also. I'm oh, yeah. Doctor. He's
0: like an expert or something. Um, and you know yeah. that if somebody went to Stanford, their opinion is the only one that matters. Um,
1: yeah, that really is the vibe of the tech industry. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> as we were just Sorry. talking about uh, what's her name, the second-in-command from FTX and her amazing... Oh,
1: reviews. I know. But we're
0: leaving um, that bitch in 2022.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Um Okay, yeah. So his whole basically thesis is that the these tech companies especially the bigger ones are laying people off um basically for what he called social contagion um basically a behavior spreads through a network the article says behavior spreads through a network as companies almost mindlessly copy what others are doing
0: So another thing just to note about this guy, he has a book, uh, Dying for a Paycheck, How Modern Management Harms Employee Health and Company Performance and What We Can Do About It. So he's very much um, focusing on the human aspect of the industry. Um, So he's written about the negative health effects of layoffs. Uh, In this interview, he says layoffs kill people literally. They kill people in a number of ways. They increase the odds of suicide by two and a half times. Um, they increase mortality by 15 to 20% over the following 20 years. And he also mentions layoffs are, um, also health and attitudinal, or sorry, there are also health and attitudinal consequences for managers who are laying people off as well for the employees who remain. Not surprisingly, layoffs increase people's stress. Stress, like many attitudes and emotions is contagious. Um, depression is contagious and layoffs increase stress and depression, which are bad for health. And so, I mean, you know, we do... Obviously, layoffs are very impactful for the people who get laid off, but for the people who remain at the company, as well as for the managers who typically are not the people who are very rarely is the person who's actually laying somebody off the person who decided we should have layoffs. I say almost next to never, Um, you know, there's a bit of um, stress and uh, just overall, I don't know, it just causes this like trickle down effect where it's almost it becomes I think it's becoming at this point in time like a trauma because it's been decades that these layoffs have been happening through the industry. And so especially as companies have been around for a long time, you know, people have seen their parents get laid off. Uh, then they'll get laid off. And it just, you know, they, I think they kind of uh, this trend of just constantly going through layoffs is actually just really fucking with people. So I, it seems to be that that's his his take on it. I don't totally disagree with that.
1: Um, well yeah okay so let me ask you do you agree though with the overarching idea that the layoffs are copycat behavior
0: yeah so let's talk about that because like we hear things like um when companies are justifying why they're laying people off they'll say um so let's let's move past i mean we'll come back to it but let's move past like you know meta laid off eleven thousand people And uh, Amazon laid off people. Google's supposedly next. Just layoffs are happening in all these huge, massive, like, fang companies. And then smaller companies are saying, look, we're laying people off as a response to that um, because those layoffs are triggering um, even more pocket tightening with VCs. And so it's harder to raise money. And, you know, the people who get laid off tend to be, you know, these thousands and thousands of people who get laid off. That's, you know, more people who are... um, curbing their spending so for non-essentials um like retail or uh cosmetics or um clothing i don't i could see i could see that triggering like a fear of being able to not only raise money but have revenue increase so yeah i do i mean in general i do see like a copycat behavior mainly just because it's being quoted i think by a lot of the ceos that are at the head of these downsizing efforts
1: um i mean i only sort of agree. I agree that they are copying the behavior, but I think it's more calculated than just, I see other people doing it. So I'm going to do it. Mm. I think specifically they're like choosing now to downsize without actually having the need. And it's on purpose to, you know, cut costs and work people harder. You know, I don't think Mm -hmm. it's actually because there is a need there. And I also don't think it's very specifically because they're just seeing other people do it. I think it's also because they see it as an opportunity.
0: I would agree with that. I mean, you kind of see this whole like oh, well, this person did it, so it's okay. So, you know, you know, obviously you don't want to be the first company to lay somebody off, but when you are just one in another hundreds or thousands of companies that are laying people off, it's it's like, yeah, we're going through layoffs. Everyone's going through layoffs, so, you know, we're just another one. So, I think if you buy into the Um, the theory that a layoff is good for the business in this stressful time, then I can see that making a lot of sense. My question is, are these layoffs going to work? And when I say work, like, are they going to procure whatever the desired result is for the company? Assuming that it is to protect the valuation of the company and to, uh, for smaller companies, extend the runway. um, For larger companies, optimizing their operations and spend.
1: Well, let me say, I think for smaller companies... So I wasn't actually thinking about smaller companies very much. I think for smaller companies, going back to the point of is a copycat behavior, I think it's a little bit less insidious for smaller companies. They don't have necessarily the money, the runway. They are affected by um, people not spending on goods, as much, which is also due to people spending on experiences more now that um, COVID is not necessarily over, but whatever it is, whatever this COVID situation is now. Um, so, are they going to achieve what they want? I think in the short term, probably, which is to, and this is actually um, disagreeing with the article, but. In the short term, I think they'll probably get what they want, which is to increase productivity to, I mean, basically make more money out of less, but I don't think that that's a sustainable solution. Um, and I also don't think that it's going to be, like, good for the company, the business, as a long run either. Um, very specifically in this article, he mentioned that a lot of companies during a recession would actually hire more people. Um, and he basically said is that these companies right now are selling low. And then when the economy turns back in like 12, 14, 18 months, um, they're going to have to buy back the labor that not only they got got rid of themselves, but also that labor now like believes in the company less because whether they were laid off by, you know, Google, Amazon, Meta, um, the faith in those companies has been shaken for those employees. But anyway, the companies are buying labor at a higher price when the economy turns back around so i do not think it's going to be good for them in the long run but i think in the short term they'll get what they want what about what do you think
0: no i think that tracks um you know first off i do think that you mentioned efficiency and i really do believe that like once you lay people off your existing um it's it's very difficult and you have to have a really solid leadership um level to maintain some semblance of uh, um you know skin in the game with the existing staff, the, the quote unquote survivors of the layoffs. Um, you, we live at work. Our friends are all at work. Uh, we care a lot about the people that we spend time with. And so when layoffs happen, not only is it scary because you could be next, but it's also, um, you know, it, you, it's, it's very hard for the people who were not laid off. Um, it's very difficult. And so keeping, um, efficiency and keeping people coming to work and putting in their best efforts is, is is, it's a nearly impossible task. Um, And so, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're destroying the culture in a sense at the company. You're, you're, you're rocking the foundations. And so even if you hire in people who do believe in the company, they're going to come into a very different company that is, is, you know, demotivated and demoralized. But I think that also, um, you know, so in the article, um he says layoffs are the result of imitative behavior and are not particularly evidence-based and he links to an article um now granted this article i just want to preface was written in 1997 um this is a, a a scientific article um that was published uh that was published in the university of north carolina press And the the article is called The New Capitalism and Organizational Rationality, The Adoption of Downsizing Programs, 1979 to 1994, by Art Art Boudros at McMaster University. And I I read through this paper, and there was a really interesting point in there. I mean, he does mention that, yes, a lot of um, companies will lay off people, but then they they still need, they realize they need talent, so they'll go to uh, contract agencies, which, you know, have a lower cost to adopt but they're still spending money and there's still the operational cost um that is required to onboard these uh these these contractors so in general a lot of times you don't really see any cost savings um
1: and i just want to interject that onboarding can take quite a long time especially if they have a custom built stack um if they're using technologies that they built in-house opposed to technologies that um, the contractors are familiar with. So just that in itself can be like a money suck because it's going to be a time suck to onboard um, people when you could have kept the people that were already on board just want to interject that.
0: But. No, that's a great point. I mean, Meta is actually famous for uh, having their own internal coding languages that even if they're similar to languages that people use outside of meta that they're uh, or Facebook, whatever that they're kind of um, customized so that, you know, you have to learn a new language um, and how to use it. Uh, so from the, from this article, he said downsizing or um, uh, art, Boudros mentioned that downsizing has possessed mythic powers for some time. It has been viewed by firms and others as, quote, absolutely necessary, um, as described in the Wall Street Journal in May of 1986. Uh, believing that layoffs are efficacious, managers typically have required no scientific proof of this link before moving ahead with downsizing. And the press has stated that layoffs make firms, quote, lean and green. That comes from the New York Times in March of 1996, often referring to, this is important, soaring stock prices, even though research studies show that stocks usually rise only briefly after a layoff and then suffer a prolonged decline. So I think that's really interesting because uh, you know what we know about the stock market is that it is a weighing system. You weigh the public value of a company. And public value does not mean dollars and cents. It means uh, the, the public notion of whether or not the company is valuable. And if the company is being hurt, um, it, if the reputation of the company is hurt by these layoffs, not only in the f- sense that everybody's seeing, oh, hey, Meta just laid off 11,000 people, but don't forget there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees, whatever, at Meta. Um, if their belief in the company is declining, the way that they talk about the company is going to cause this social contagion effect where, again, the the faith in the company is lower. And so there that could have really long-term stock implications i think the most interesting part is that you know managers typically have required no scientific proof of this link before moving ahead with downsizings and that was um, from a paper by usim in 1993 that's the um, citation there i think that's like i think it makes perfect sense you've got companies who will spend weeks deciding whether or not to turn a button from green to blue based on the results of scientific (laughs) uh, approaches and a b tests and and you know psychological studies and whatnot but then when it comes to oh no, we're suffering and the board says, lay some people off. It's never, okay, well, let's look at the data. I mean, of course there's there's financial modeling and things like that, but um, I don't think, and again, I'm not in these boardrooms, so I don't know for sure, but you don't really hear stories of, and then the board said to lay people off and we went and read a bunch of scientific studies to show what the long-term of impacts on companies of our ilk were after layoffs. So I do think, yeah, it's it's interesting to your point that like, Maybe it'll give them what they want in the short term, um, but long term, maybe not so much.
1: Yeah. So you were talking about how we make friends at work, we spend so much time at work, and partially that's where the motivation comes to do well at work, to want the company to succeed, um, et cetera, et cetera. So then when the company sort of turns around and says, you know... We don't care about you. We don't care about your friends. That motivation goes away. We talked about that. But there's also this idea of, especially in tech, that, um, oh, we're a family. I think, I think everyone knows that saying that is toxic, right, mm-hmm. at this point. But a lot of people have been told that... Um, you know, so much is supplied by these companies, um, friendship, but also like lunch, um, childcare. And that's all suddenly taken away. So that's my long-winded say, um, way of saying that he also mentioned that this is going to have really bad, um, mental health effects for all of these people. Um, and I was wondering if you wanted to just go over that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it does like, he, you know, our friend Jeff in this, in this interview, he says, any, you know, the question was any advice to workers who may have been laid off? And he says, my advice to a worker who has been laid off is when they find a job in a company where they say people are their most important asset, they actually check to be sure that the company behaves consistently with that exposed value when times are tough. And so, yeah, there are, you know, even if the company is doing as much as it can to do right by the people who are laid off and the people who remain by saying, you know, like, let's offer resources, Uh, for the people, you know, for mental health resources. Um, I think one thing that's very popular right now is offering as part of a severance package to pay COBRA costs for a number of months to make sure that your health insurance is covered. Because obviously being in a society where we have employment funded um, or employer funded healthcare, you're fucked if you have to go a couple months without work. Um, So even if you do all these things for your employees, like you're still it still feels like you're getting stabbed in the front, right? You're getting, or it's getting stabbed in the back at the worst case. And so I think there's this idea of like, you don't care about me and you know, whose side are you on? Um, and I think the whose side are you on is a really interesting concept, right? Because at the end of the day, if a manager has to lay somebody off, whether or not it was their decision, um, they're doing it with the assumption that what they're doing is what's right for the company. Um, And yes, this whole we're all a family is toxic because, like, families are here to support each other through thick and thin, no matter what. A company is not going to sink itself to support its employees. And there's the idea of, like, you know, well, we can't do something that harms the whole to help a small number of employees. Um, But that gets like, that can be pretty dramatic, right? Like, the idea of companies saying, like, I'm sorry but you know you're out of sick days and I don't care if you're sick it's not fair to the other employees if you take another day off to go to a doctor's appointment or whatever um that's you know that's how that is capitalism that's not how families operate
1: yeah well and i think sort of despite all of that right like that is how capitalism operates and it's not how a family operates um we do rely so heavily like our lives rely so heavily on these jobs, right? money, health, like li- literally everything. And I do think that there is like a more people-oriented way to go about these things if you actually like are not viable as a business if you are going to sort of go under. Um and he talks about that a little bit, but first I want to ask you do you think that it's better or that it would be more people oriented for a company to say we're doing layoffs to tell them or to say like, there's also this thing, this concept of voluntary.
0: Um, yeah. Right. I think it depends on the situation, you know, like, cause every, I think every company's layoff situation tends to be different. The smaller the company, I think the less warning anyone has about layoffs um, typically for like really small companies uh, if they're raising money they'll get bad news from enough investors that like once maybe they have a list of like here's our last stitch investors and when as soon as the last one says no they they have to just go into action um, with much bigger companies these are things that tend to be um, always possible you know so microsoft came up with this concept of stack ranking where you are constantly stack ranking your team so if somebody says to you hey you have you know 70 you have 100 people on your team and you have to cut the bottom 30 percent," you already have a list of those 100 people ranked and you just cut the bottom 30 Um, i think uh, being transparent can be very positive the downside is that if you are able to it almost kind of can create a self fulfilling prophecy. If you tell your company we might have to do layoffs, then it's just as bad as doing layoffs as far as the public eye is concerned. And so your stock tank is probably your stock price is probably going to tank immediately. And then you have to do layoffs, and it's going to be really bad. So you can't even if you had a chance of avoiding it, right? Um, it's not going to happen. I know from uh, you know friends of mine. I have a friend at Meta. Right once the. Um, the changes in Google were made that really caused them to struggle with how they track customers, which obviously is a company that makes its money off of ad spend um, is all of a sudden that kind of just tanked. They were, everyone was rushing around trying to figure out how can we um, like minimize the impact of this and how can we try to find ways to make more money? Like, everybody's rushing until the last minute. And then it's like management has to go in and see, okay, well now here's what the numbers are. What are we going to do? And that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem, and I don't mean right from like a moral stance, but (laughs) it doesn't seem like you're putting enough thought into how you're doing it. I guess my point is, is that no matter how big the company really, it's such a, a shit show when layoffs are discussed that it's really hard to know what you're communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think that there is, you know, If you see, just because you see smoke in a movie theater, maybe you shouldn't scream fire because you could cause a lot more chaos than good. Um, I think that is something when you come to, when it comes to like voluntary layoffs, I've always been a fan of voluntary layoffs. Like if somebody's like, look, I don't want to be here. I'm going to quit anyway. Like give them the opportunity to leave and get that severance where if somebody's like. I know that going through layoffs is going to suck, but like, I love this company and this is where I want to be. Like, those
1: are the people that you want to keep around. Right. Or even I desperately need this job also. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. (laughs) mm -hmm. Well, because also what I'm thinking is, as I said previously, I think that this is going to um, cause the bigger companies. that Everyone thought of as more stable to lose a lot of trust amongst the people that previously like really wanted to work at those companies because they were stable because they took care of you and the way that they go. So then, so then in my opinion, it seems like the way they go about these layoffs really matters because they're going to want to rehire those people at some point or people like them. And if they have a reputation for springing, like for doing layoffs in a very poor way, for, you know, they fired my uncle back in, you know, 2022 when he really, you know, he just had three babies or, you know, it's like something like that. I don't know if that, did that make sense? It's sort no, of like, made
0: perfect sense. I mean, how how some, you, yeah, go ahead. Some people can weather the storm better than others. That's just like the fact. I mean, some people have, a financial buffer some people don't some people have more um what's the word that i'm looking for more response like fiscal responsibilities families um houses etc and some people just you know don't and so there you know there are some people who are at the point in their life where when they get laid off they're like eh, it's it's gonna be fine and there's some people who are like oh shit what do i do
1: Yeah, but I feel like also what I'm trying to say is that how they're going about it now will affect them later in terms of when they're looking for talent again.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when COVID happened um, and I'd say about like three months into the pandemic, I was looking for a new job. One of the first things that i asked employers was you know when we went on lockdown how did how did you handle it or to um their teammates how did your employer you know how did your boss handle it what did they do um and also you know lots of when the conversations around dei and mental health became really prevalent i know a lot of people started adding to their stock questions to ask employers was you know what does dei mean to you and and what does, you know, how do, how do you ensure that your employees have sound mental health? And so I think now that we're going through this um, this really massive round of, of global layoffs, I am sure a lot of people are going to start adding this into their, their arsenal of questions is like, all right, so you had layoffs last year. How did you handle it? What, you know, how did you choose who got laid off? How did you communicate it? Um, there's no, I will say this right now. There is no good way to do a layoff, like period. There are definitely bad ways to lay people off. There's no good way to do it.
1: Well, what I will say though, is that we have seen publicly people do layoffs in extremely bad ways though.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Like Um, not just, oh, there's, you know, it's always going to be hard. It's always going to be terrible. But I think that the fact that, you know, we know that certain companies have basically like i don't know had the ceo or had someone high up on the call call into a zoom meeting and just say you're all let go see ya you know that is like i mean it's bad pr for the company it's also just like how are you going to hire people when you need to again how are you going to do that you know
0: yeah no it's a that's a solid point um i think a lot of uh layoffs that we've seen like what was that it was um oh my god who was the guy who laid people off the ceo like laid 900 people off um on a zoom call it was uh better better Mm better.com this was like a unicorn company this was a mortgage lender so again a company that had like i think they had just gotten like almost a billion dollars uh of cash like in a round and they had like a valuation of uh seven or eight billion dollars the ceo just gets on a zoom call and is like hey um by the way 900 of you are going to be fired yep and it's like you hear that but you know what the crazy thing is like they will still get employees there are still people out there i just don't see how
1: like how That's people like you that are like, I want to go work at Twitter so I can see what's going
0: on. Hold on. It is absolutely not people like me. At first off, that was me just wanting to watch this one specific car crash. Um, But no, like if the easy way to understand this, I guess, is to download blind. Mm -hmm. If you just go and download blind, which is the social media app for people who work in the tech industry, and it's completely anonymous you're only Mm -hmm. identified by a, a username that you create and the company that you work at. You will see people, and this is honestly, it's a Sigma male mentality, right? Where it's like, People being like Elon is is a is a yeah is a hero, and anybody who is just who is um criticizing him is just a, a woke soy boy who just doesn't have what it takes to make it in the industry. It's these people who are like the um, hustle hard. It's the new Gary V type of like yeah. mindset. Yeah, these people still believe that this macho bullshit works. And they, they will actually go to these companies and be like, yeah, they, they, it's this idea of like culling of the herd, right? Like trimming of the fat, like survival of the fittest. And these are mm-hmm. also the people who then will post on blind, like a month later, like, why have I been an L three for seven years? And how do that, I get that? That's what
1: I'm saying. Sorry. But like, that's what I'm saying is that these people like do not have <laughs> partially, they don't have the skills to actually like create a good company and like no they don't have They're so then they're getting they're getting bad talent and i say that also because like you need you need leaders you need if you have you know a customer base you need people who reflect your customer base you need leaders in your company that are people focused and know how to make people happy yeah. like okay
0: don't yeah. eh me no i'm, I'm hitting you because look at it like open up twitter right now and you will see an app that barely functions an app that makes no sense there's tons of bugs and you'll also see tons of people tweeting like yes to get from like like pre-seed to series 8 to get to get a company that nobody's ever heard of and make it something that people care about yes you need everything you just mentioned for some reason facebook google apple like microsoft all these big ass companies they probably 90% of the people on their staff could probably walk out today and it'll just like probably be fine because mo- a lot of those engineers are just not good. Like I'm sure there are tons and tons of great engineers there that carry the weight of these orgs, but you're for some reason these are like really buggy apps, they're massive companies, but they still keep going. And a lot of it is because like I don't know, you have to you have to use Google. You have to use Microsoft. You have to use app. like these are you know what I mean? Like they're locked in.
1: Well, I mean, I'm also not referring to just like google like the fang companies and also i think your um example of twitter is i disagree with that and also i disagree with the fact that you were like and look open up twitter and tons of people are still on it and you literally said in a previous episode that you expect it to like do a downward spiral like most people are still expecting it to fail they are so
0: look what happened. There was that day where everybody was like, and first of all, just because I say something doesn't mean that it's true. I'm usually wrong. No, I'm I'm cutting that out. Uh, (laughs) No, I, 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 there was that day where everyone was like, well, I guess this is the last time I'm going to tweet because Twitter's supposed to die tonight. And it's still there. Like my point is, yeah, I do think that over time it will go through a downward spiral. I don't think it's going to be overnight. And I don't think it's going to be necessarily because people are going to stop using it. I think it will be internal yeah, no. issues. That's my point. Is that like you? You say, "Oh, you need people who represent your customer base. You need people who are good engineers." And yet, the
1: vast, I said you need good leaders.
0: Oh yeah. So I think that there's not a ton of those um, at these companies. I think they're leaving those companies because they can. But like, I just, I just don't think that you know. Again, massive, massive companies can. They're they're referred to as. Um, as like battleships right and it's like oh it it takes uh, a lot of time to turn a battleship or whatever and it's just but but they're still barreling forward and they'll still and they just have so much momentum so even if everyone on the on the ship just like dies it'll just keep going for like hundreds of miles (laughs) i mean i guess
1: i just think like it's all cyclical we've seen these We've seen big companies go down before and not even like, oh, "Oh, they're not as, you know, they're not completely gone. They're just not as um, influential as they once were, like GE or IBM. They are still there. They're still doing what they're doing. But it's just not the same. It's not like you're not... And a lot of these companies want to hire the best talent. Like that's what they're trying to do. That's mm-hmm. what they always say. They want to attract the best of the best and then put them all in a room together. And they're going to just all in that room, come up with something amazing. And well, it's
0: like, can't because sorry, <laughs> and I already have jobs. So you can't hire okay. us. We are the best. anyway.
1: Okay. Well, so look, besides... I, agree. I I yeah,
0: just want to say, right. like, I agree with what you're saying. You keep saying cyclical. And I just want to like really point out that this is absolutely the case. So again, this this article that I've been quoting from, or sorry, the journal article that was that was written in 1997. Which I'm sorry, I have to remind everybody that 1997 was like um,
1: 27, 28 years ago.
0: Thank you.
1: I was trying to do the math; it didn't go well. It's uh, yeah, like, it's because it's close to my birthday.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh God, what? Never mind. I don't want to talk about it.
1: Um, article was that article written? okay i don't or after i was born i don't want to born wait what was it 1990 1997 25 so what i was ago? saying
0: was <laughs> okay. child uh th- there was a line in here um uh after at&t and other firms announced hefty layoffs in early 96 critics called downsizers quote corporate killers and stressed the adverse human and communal effects of layoffs um in response, firms and consultants began talking less about getting lean and mean and more about using growth as a route to success. So this is like the birth of the whole growth hacking and, and like, you know, growth organization. Um, consulting firms started to offer growth conferences and to master a growth based lexicon. Quote, if you cut too many people out, you lose the core capability that is necessary to grow the revenue line. You suffer from corporate anorexia. Not a great fr- phrase, but again, this was in 1996. Um the jargon quote growing the revenue line means increasing sales by developing new marketing tactics products and so on so that jobs can be added as business prospers the new rhetoric suggests that layoffs are out and hiring is in so i think what that means is they're taking a a a lens back on all the things that they've they've done so they've tried all these new things uh, over the last 30 years, right? There's a lot of new technologies. New, I mean, agile is becoming a thing and, and, or it became a thing during that time and and um, blah, 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 all these new ways of doing business. Not all of them worked. And so now again, we're back into this like dark ages of, of laying off a ton of people and kind of cutting out practices and processes that didn't work. And I think again, in the next couple of years, we're going to see ourselves back into uh, hiring people and staffing up on like, the, the bets that did win. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a bit of a reshuffling. I do think again, though, another 30, 40 years, this is going to happen once more. And it's just going yeah. to become cyclical where we try things, the things that work, we invest deeper into the things that didn't work. We step away from. And unfortunately in doing so, um, because companies are not very good at rapidly reorganizing and actually moving people from like one team to another, um, they're going to just basically say, okay, we're, terminating all of these positions and then you know bringing in new people who have been had their position terminated elsewhere essentially Mm -hmm. um so okay
1: so previously we were talking about you know what's the best way to go about layoffs all that i just want to briefly come back to that because i wanted to quickly i wanted to talk about his idea of instead of laying off 10 percent of the workforce um cutting everybody's wage by 10 percent
0: yeah, I mean, it's a prisoner's dilemma, in a sense, because if some companies do that and others companies don't, you're gonna have people mm-hmm. quitting their jobs. Um, mm-hmm.
1: You think people it, are gonna quit, even right like right now, where it seems like every like all these companies have a chokehold on workers.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think they really do, because what we are also seeing, there's a lot of articles out there right now and a lot of evidence showing that, yes, a lot of people are getting laid off, but those people are are getting jobs. Um, yeah. People are being hired. So um, it's not like we're not everybody who is afraid right now that there are no jobs out there like there absolutely are. That is not the case. Um, not every single company on Earth is laying people off. Not every single company in America is laying people off and not every single company in America has hiring freezes. Um, money is still being spent. Like it's still happening. Um, it's just Mm -hmm. that a lot of these companies that we think a lot about are suffering. Um, so I do think that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's quite a test of your loyalty to a company. And as we know, company loyalty is, doesn't go super far. I mean, it's look, it's the same thing as you going to, if things are going really well and you go to your boss and say, Hey, I know you can't afford to pay me more. So I'm going to cut my hours by 10% and I want to still get paid the same amount. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not going to fly. It might fly. There are certain companies where that does fly though, right? Like where they're like, all right, well, uh, we really can't, you know, we see the value you bring to the company. We can't exist without that. And I agree that in an ideal world, we could give you a raise, but since we can't, okay, let's talk about this. Um, So... I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's an interesting opportunity. I don't love it. I do think we're going to see salaries kind of come down a bit. Salaries have been grossly inflated, especially at Feng companies. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it'll help a little bit maybe for, um, well, no, I don't think it'll help for the economic disparity because the one percenters are just going to keep the extra, the money that they're not paying. Yeah, um, they're not. It's not going to be recirculated, but it would be nice if they were, they were. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, I, I wish I had a degree in economics so I could actually have a better lens on that, but I think it'll be interesting. Do you know if any companies are actually doing that? Like,
1: no, no, I don't know. It's just mentioned as, um, something that would mitigate these problems for the companies and also address the downfalls of the layoffs. I mean, I think from the perspective of coming from it, from like a "Quote unquote, like people first, where family, like idea organization. I think it makes more sense, and it probably makes more sense, like in a startup world too. Um, to say like we know all of you personally, we have lunch with you every day. Um, we're going like we're going through this tough time, and instead of laying people off, we are going to like do this thing, and we're going to cut costs through your salary this way instead." Um, people will not be happy about it, but maybe they will be not as maybe I think they'll lose faith in the company less than if they had layoffs and they'll lose faith in the, the higher ups and management less.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're, that's it. It's a psychological effect. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because if, if you're negotiating your salary, right. And, Let's say, just throwing numbers out there, you get offered 150000 dollars to come and work at a company. And you say to them, Well, I'm making $150 right now. I would really like to get a raise. How about $155? Or you know, you say, How about $160? And they're like, you know, we can't do $160, but we can do $155. You're like, I really want $160. And they're like, $155. And you're like, okay. In that like quick moment, you've just taken a five thousand dollar pay cut in a, in essence, mm-hmm. right? From what you were yeah. expecting to make. But then if they say to you, let's say they said, okay, yeah, sure, 160, right? And then a couple months later, like, look, we need to, you know, layoffs might happen. We need to cut your pay down five thousand dollars a year. It's gonna be a much different effect uh impact uh psychologically on you because there's this like there's this like implicit it's a contract, right? Not like a contract that you sign necessarily, but this idea of in this verbal discussion, I told you I was going to come in and work for 45 hours a week and you told me that you were going to pay me 155 and that's great. So, if a company asks you to take a pay cut, I think even if it's completely, I mean, yeah, obviously it's the best intention of we don't want anyone to lose their job, so we want you to take a pay cut, even if it's 5 grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever. That psychological effect is just it's going to be weird it's going to be very weird coming in and saying, I'm going to keep doing the same amount of work. Um, It it would kind of feel like your work is devalued, even though that's not really true. Your work isn't being devalued. It's just the company. uh, Clearly the company values you quite a bit because they're willing to be put, have this uncomfortable conversation just to keep you there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that is sort of the point. And I think, I guess, I guess closing thoughts for me would be that I'm sort of beginning to see this idea of cutting the ten, cutting a hundred percent by ten percent, or just cutting ten percent of people, like mm. is what um, they say in the article, as two different you know schools of thought and wanting to do- to attract two different types of employees too, because there are definitely companies that say treat their companies like sports team if you sports teams if you don't perform if you like miss you know I don't you miss catching the ball or I don't know sports the audio reference sports ball if you <laughs> if you like don't hit the ball like you are out you know like you're getting you're getting kicked off the team um, and then there's more of sort of the family approach of we know like we hired you we know you're good we know you're um, we can grow you into what we need you to be, and I think that they're just should go about laying people off or cutting costs in different ways. Sort of what i Yeah, it's this idea thinking. of like a
0: um, like a shared sacrifice in a sense that mm-hmm. like I mean, because you're kind of saying this based on an individual level, but if it's across the board, everyone's being asked to decrease their pay. That's a shared sacrifice, right?
1: Oh no, and... it's a hundred. Yeah, a hundred percent. Everybody would be asked.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't hate the idea. I do think, I mean, and then, well, here, I mean, we look at things that really kill us, like tax season, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what about the government? Like, we, you know, there's, the government has money. We know that. The government spends money on all kinds of stupid shit. Um, And so, could the government be, I don't know, subsidizing salaries, maybe, for employees? Mm-hmm. When a company has to go through layoffs, like, I don't know, or, or payment reduction. I think there's all these options, but you know, I think as we're coming to the end of the episode, I think the the most important thing to note here is that layoffs, you know, there's not a lot of science behind them impacting, like having a positive impact for companies and for the industry. And so, um, I think there's kind of this like growing and molting, uh, cycle. And so it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years, how, companies change i know we did our our last episode was about our predictions one of my predictions was that companies are gonna have to learn how to do more with less um Mm -hmm. and you know just that two pizza teams are going to really stay two pizza teams you know we're not going to have i think teams have been kind of bloated and so it's at some of these larger companies and so they're going to try to do more with with or at least the same with less employees um and so it'll be interesting to see how they do that um but yeah i hope that all of our listeners who have been impacted by layoffs, whether they've been laid off, they've had to lay people off, or they've seen their coworkers get laid off. I hope that 2023 is a good year. And I hope that if you, you know, if any of this resonates with you, or if you have any thoughts or questions, or even want to just kind of like, if you want to come on and talk about your experiences, let us know. Um, yeah. We'd be, we would love to add more voices to to the discourse.
1: Um, yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, you mentioned pizza. Now it's really all I'm thinking about. Um, Damn, I want pizza. I know. I want pizza, but I can't have it because I am lactose intolerant. So <laughs>
0: You're just so intolerant.
1: So many things. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay, that's it. That's enough. All right. This was, you know, not the happiest episode, but it is what's going on right now. So, yeah, I guess good luck and good night. <laughs> bye <laughs> good night <laughs> may i be blunt with you
0: if you'd like to write in with any questions you'd like to have answered topics you'd like covered or other general nonsense send Ramy and i an email at i would never know pod at gmail.com thanks for listening until next time
1: Doing this again.
0: Oh, we're going to do this again. Are you sure? Oh, and then we're going to do it again and 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 again
1: and again and again and again and again and again